Hello, and welcome to Nerd Cave. Today, we are talking about our uh, first movie on the podcast, The Princess Bride. Very exciting. Um, Princess Bride came out in 1987. Pretty old. It... Wasn't super popular when it first came out. Nope. Um, it didn't really get super popular until... I don't know if it's really super two, popular now. Know. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's not a super popular movie. It is the greatest movie of all time. I stand by that. Mm-hmm. You can't, can't change my mind. You're welcome to try, but you can't. Um, so our dad first showed us this movie about seven or eight. Thanks, so. Oliver Miles' age, mm-hmm. uh, and we really didn't. Honestly, I don't remember hating it. I do. <laughs> I remember. I no. I remember really, liking it at all. I didn't hate it the first time I watched it, but I, it wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, let's watch this a bunch of times. Right. And then some of our friends came over to watch a suit. Uh, no, not a Super Bowl, a football game. Mm-hmm. And after the football game was over, we watched The Princess Bride. And then every time they came over to watch a football game, after the game was over, we would watch The Princess Bride. And now we love this movie and adore it. And yeah, we've seen it probably 50 watch times. It just every so often, because why not? We've seen it. I don't know how many And times. we were so going many. to record this podcast, like, right now we're recording it Sunday, May 3rd. Um, Sunday night. And we were going to record it, like, Wednesday or Thursday. Last week, mm-hmm. um, and then on Friday, we because we have it, it on DVD, and we're gonna recommend right now, recommend uh, go watch it. Um, because on Friday it dropped on Disney Plus, yeah, so so you can so go, go watch, watch it Disney now. Plus. It Come used back. to be on Netflix, now it's not, but it's on Disney Plus now. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get Disney Plus, order DVD. Yeah, I bet it's like 15 bucks. I bet it's... Yeah. We Uh we had the DVD for a long time, and then... But... It just came out on Disney+. Plus. Go watch the movie. It's like an hour and a half. Hour and 48 minutes, I think. And then come back and listen to this. But Um, honestly, I mean, there are are moderate... There's decent amount of spoilers. If you don't care... But um, this movie is kind of like when people talk about Dune. This movie came out in 1987, people. You... If you haven't watched it, what are you doing? I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen. Un- I mean, it's not that the plot is unpredictable because it kind of is. But that's Especially not, once you've watched it. That's probably the only. We'll talk about that. But but moderate now. spoiler warning here. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's get into it. movie opens on, well, actually, the movie opens with a kid sick at home in his bed playing Atari, Atari playing uh, baseball on Atari, on his old Atari with the old joystick. He has Corona. He's, <laughs> that, that part of the movie doesn't age well. It doesn't. He like starts um, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, that didn't, it's true. And his mom comes in, tells him that his grandpa is there. She has a present for him. This is the least. <laughs> this is the least spoiler-ridden part of the movie. If any of you seen Deadpool, uh, Once Upon a Deadpool, right? Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. Uh huh. This Savage is how the it. movie starts. It's the same thing, except it's not Deadpool, and Fred Savage is a kid. 
Anyway. Anyway. So in the, the one of the best scenes in the movie. All the scenes in the movie are the best scene. But yeah, the grandfather opens the door and goes, Hey, how's the sickie? And then he pulls on the kid's cheek like the kid doesn't want him to. Mm-hmm. And then and then another great line is, um, he's like, I brought you a present. The kid, and it's a, it's shaped like, you know, like a video game case would be or some, something interesting. It's a book. Um, are you saying books aren't interesting? He, he's a sick kid, John. He doesn't, it's not what he was wanting. Um, How do you Because he was dis, because he was disappointed. Um, yeah, he was. He was disappointed. He was so like, he grandfather, you suck, dude. <laughs> he got me a like, book, a book. What the like, heck? That's bro. right. When I was your age, television was called books, and then that's a good line. and so and this right is that the down, right this is the book that I that my father read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. We could quote the whole movie if you can't quote this the whole too. movie. Like, and then the, the kid time. says, "And I'll try to stay okay. I'll try to stay awake." Really? Yeah. It's it's some it's some along those lines. I thought I knew this movie, but apparently not. No one remembers. No one quotes that bit very much. I began. Yeah, because I um, never heard that before. So the book opens. The book part of the movie. The movie movie part of the movie. Oh, I was like, we're not talking about the book. There is a book by William Goldman, uh, who is also the director. Of the so movie. the original book was written by S. Morgan, Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern. Yeah. And, and he wrote it. William Goldman did in a, the 1800s, I think. I don't remember. William Goldman did a version. What was it? What do you call it? The good parts version, right? The good parts version. It's abridged, but it's yeah. It's the it's the it's parts the that people parts. care about because in the and book, it's the takes, movie is based on the book, right? Right. So is the movie or the book better? I haven't read the book. Is the movie or the book? Better? The movie. Quite the frankly, movie? the book was really good. Actually, I don't know. I think I have to say the movie because. So the original book by S. Morgenstern had it had forty pages worth of oh, in like chapter. So book. chapter chapter two starts talking about Humperdinck and the king and the queen, who is actually Humperdinck's Prince Humperdinck's stepmother, because the original queen died. Um, and it talks about in the good parts version, it takes about three pages. Not, not even that, two pages at most, to talk about the um, lineage. Well, no, just like the, the workings of the court of Florin. Um, and in the original book by S. Morgenstern, it's 40 pages. Cheese and rice. Which is why the good parts version is the good parts version, because no mm-hmm. one wants to read that. Uh, and so... S, what are you doing? I don't, where is, <laughs> I don't, know, what his, I don't know what his first name was. Um... And so he, William Goldman, wrote the Goods Parts version because it's the way that his father, when he was sick, read it to him. And then William Goldman is the director of the movie. He right? wrote the screenplay and he, I think, helped direct it along with Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the movie opens, the book part of the movie, the movie part of the movie opens on um, Buttercup. She grew up on a small farm in the country of Florin. Um, uh, her parents are present in the book, but they're not in, in the, the movie. movie. They are not mentioned, which is because the farm is not important. 
important at all in the movie. In the book, it... I mean, you're there for a little while, but not not long. Because once Wesley and Buttercup fall deeply in love, and then Buttercup leaves to seek his fortune because he has no money for marriage. Yeah, it was like a kind of... I mean, I guess that's He's just... He's a poor farm boy. I guess I mean, that's just an odd tradition, but like... Obviously, marriages these days are very expensive. Right. But, but if you just had... wanted to get married, why would you need that much money? Well, I mean, they would have... I don't, I don't know. know. We're maybe they would we're, get. It. We're teenagers. Well, I mean, he didn't, he didn't. I mean, he didn't even have money for a ring, though. Like he oh, was okay. poor. As the only reason he could eat every night was because he worked mm-hmm. on Buttercup's family farm. Um, and so then we get into the whole "as you wish" thing. Which have you seen the Darth Vader uh, and Boba Fett meme? Darth Vader was. Surprised to realize when Boba Fett said, as you wish, what he really meant was, I love you. Um, so the whole thing is that when Wesley says, as you wish, he means I love you and real romantic and stuff. Whatever that meme as the episode hurt. That's a good idea. We should Let's do that. Um, it probably already is. You can probably. No, no, you know, we should do it. We should just do it as the, the sunset scene in the farm. Mm-hmm. Or we did smoochy smooch. Yeah, but before that part where you got that, where it looks, you know, before oh, the sun yeah. is blocked. Yeah. Um, or we just do the movie cover. Yeah, that's probably easy. Anyway, you already anyway. know. Yeah, um, you already know. If you're listening uh, to this, you already know. So he goes... Where are they talking about this? I already know. So Wesley goes to seek his fortune. Bye-bye. Um, and make money. So he can come back and get married. And he dies. And then, on the high seas, his ship is... Um, attacked by the dead pirate, pirate Roberts. Dead pirate Roberts. Is he, never takes that, he never takes prisoners. Um, Rip Wesley. He died. Never see him again. So sad. For days, Buttercup neither slept nor ate. Oh my gosh. What? I'm sorry, I can't help not quoting the movie. I quoted the movie at the beginning when we first started talking about it. And I, there's going to be a lot of quoting the movie. You can't not quote The Princess Bride when you're talking about Yeah, so anyway, Bride. if you follow our advice, you you already know what's going on because you watched the movie. Um, Buttercup uh, falls into which depression. Is, no, and then five years later, uh, the prince. Five years Dink, later, the um, Florin is on the. A month away from its 500th anniversary. Yeah, so the prince, Prince Humperdinck. Um, who is the prince has of the right, Florin. He has the right to choose to his bride. Choose his bride. And so he Aww. chooses Buttercup, and then uh, she hates him. Bad. Poopy hate. Poopy Despite hate his assurances that, he would gr- that she would grow to love her, she did not love him. Um, and then she's out riding one day. And what? Is this, is this? what? Just want to say, the opening farm scene is very short in the movie, but it's it's really it's actually really good. Yeah, well, we're talking about it's a really good movie setup, like compared to no, I just mean like everything is explained, but not overly explained. It's not like a super obscure, like you know, like that Cornelia Funk book. Um, no, uh, I don't remember which one it is. No, no, not Cornelia, Cornelia Funk. Cornelia Funk. Um, the Keeper of the Lost Cities. 
know how oh, it opens? Yeah. It doesn't open like that. Like, it actually opens and I you, you... don't remember how the book opens. <laughs> I haven't read that book in years. My point is it's a good exposition. Okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, and then Buttercup is out riding one day because um, that's all she likes about her life. Uh, it's riding on a horse. The only joy she found was in her daily ride. <laughs> and then she is stopped on the road by three guys. Bald one, big one, skinny one. And yeah, that's... Well, the bald yeah. one asks the bald if there are any... One. I love this line. The bald one. We are but poor lost circus performers. Is there any... Oh my gosh. Sorry, continue. Is there any village nearby? And Buttercup says, no, there's nothing for miles. And he says, then there will be no one to hear you scream. And then the big, the giant comes in the room and just snaps her neck. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. It sounds he, like this. He he puts his fingers just, on her uh, neck and she goes, ah. Uh, and, and then just stops. Because he, he, he says to her and just pressure point, done, gone, lights out. They take her on their boat because newsflash, they're not poor circus performers. Uh, they're war makers. They're makers are hired to start, well, Vassini, who's the short man, the green, guy. played by Wallace Shawn. Um, who played the boss in the first Incredibles movie. Yeah. Um, he is Vassini, who is a... Yeah, he, he he's basically a mercenary strategist. Yeah, he's not the good guy. He's a... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you got the skinny one. Apparently he's skinny now. Well, he's skinny compared to the other two. Well, that's true. Right. Um, the Spaniard, the Spaniard, the sod is spoken. Spaniard Inigo Montoya, who, who has a better name if you have an accent. True. And he only works for Vicini so that he can pay the bills. So he can, as we were told later, but yeah. Um, and you, so slobbering drunk, you couldn't even buy brandy. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then Fezzik is the big guy, played by Andre the Giant. Um, rest in peace. Friends. Uh, and Fezzik is. I'm send you back to where you were, unemployed in Greenland. Don't say that, Vicini. Uh, and he was a fighter in Greenland. So, and then Fezzik was a. Giant. He is a giant. He's played by Andre the Giant, who is a famous wrestler. He's a giant. Uh-huh. He's a giant. Um, a lot of people don't realize Andre the Giant was, like, the nicest guy. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that Andre the Giant is a giant. Andre the, the Giant is basically his surname. I don't know, so, his, I don't know what his last name is. Andre I mean, the Giant. Like, yes, yes. The Giant Andre. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Fezzik um, was, I mean, I want to say in the book, it talks more about his backstory, but I want to say in the book, it says that when he was 10 years old, he was as tall as his dad almost, I think. When his 10-year-old brother, he was, he's like not as tall as her dad. So we're not as I guess he's not a giant. He, that's, that's a... That's Andre. It's a way to know. That's if you're better. a giant, <laughs> you know. You know you're a giant. So, 
um, his parents, and he didn't have a lot of friends, and his parents decided to um, enter him into fighting competitions, and he won them. Duh. Every, every time. He's a, a lot of competitors Cause, would literally... Because he's a giant. Because he's a giant, yeah. And he's strong. He doesn't even exercise. Um... Yes, because he's a giant. Uh, he was, I mean, some of the people that he would be fighting would literally run out of the ring when they find out that, that he's who they were hmm. fighting against. Uh, but he hated That's it. That's not in the movie. He, it's not it's in the movie. movie. It's in the book. Irrelevant. But um, it's some good backstory because no one knows. Um, and then Inigo, Inigo actually explains like his backstory in the movie. Yes, um, it's so. If you didn't watch, better the movie, explained in the book. The book, but yeah. so I think Inigo's he's a pretty cool character. Uh, he's his sword is really nice. The coolest character. Yeah, his sword is really nice. Mm-hmm. It all looks cool. No, um, his so he's a cool character. His isn't he? I mean, he like his him. whole thing is I'm gonna kill this guy because he killed my dad. It's like a revenge story. His whole arc is revenge. Yeah, I like it's cool. Yeah. So his dad. Oh, there's an ego. Let's move it now. <laughs> so his dad was a sword maker, mm-hmm. famous sword maker, mm-hmm. Domingo Montoya. Mm-hmm. And one and day, can't you play that guy in uh, Temple Run? I think so. Or is it like Francisco Montoya? It might be. I don't remember. Okay. Um. So, one day, the uh, six-fingered man, whose name is Tyrone Rubin, Count Rubin, uh-huh. um, he has six fingers on his right hand, and he um, he asks for Domingo to make him a... Francisco Montoya, not Domingo Montoya. Francisco. Maybe it's like his grandfather or something. Francisco. Uh, so, Count Ruben has Inigo's dad, he commissions a sword, um, and it's the best, the most amazing sword Domingo has ever made, um, and it's a fencing sword, so it's long, it's a rapier, and it's got, uh, this sparkly, um, hand, I don't know what they're called. Well, there's the cross guard, but then there's the... I don't know what it's called. Hand cover? Hand it's cup. A hand cover ball thing. Cup cover thing. Hand cup. It's uh it's a it's really pretty. Look at look it up. You look yeah. up any Montoya sword and it's Oh me? You were reading that. Well I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, um it's a really nice sword. Mm-hmm. So he makes it and Ruben comes back and he demands for the sword uh without paying, I think. Mm-hmm. And his Inigo's dad says no. Immediately, he slashed him through the heart. I love my father. <laughs> so, uh, so what's the next line? Uh, so what happens is Inigo picks up the sword. After just seeing his father being stabbed through the chest, falling to the ground, Inigo picks up the sword. Yeah, this is. I love my father. So naturally, I challenged him to a duel. Yeah. Challenges Rugen to a duel. There's nothing with sword fighting. Rugen immediately bests him. Leaves him with nothing. What do you left me with? But these two scars on either side, on uh, either cheek. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And, and you go mm-hmm. that day vows to avenge his father by killing the six fingered man. But that took that that whole thing took place twenty years before the events before of the movie. movie. So he's been he also did not years. know the name of he did not know Count Ruben's name. Yeah, All he, he knew he only knew him as the six fingered man. Uh, mm-hmm. So for twenty years, he actually for fifteen years he studied swordplay and he became. I remember it talks about the rank in the book. It talks about the ranking of sword fighters. Um, and he became. He could have become the world grandmaster of sword fighting. He was a master of sword fighting, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he could beat someone with a. And then he's bested. He could beat some of the, one of the best people. In sword fighting, with his hand tied behind his back and with mm-hmm. one eye closed and all this he was amazing and the last five years leading up to the movie in that 20 year period he begins to give up hope because the whole time he had been searching for the six finger man and he uh loses hope and he becomes an alcoholic and so then and just he gets hired by Vicini so he gets hired by Vicini um just to pay the bills and to uh, not necessarily help him look for the six finger man, but mm-hmm. so he can go more places and look for the six finger man. Uh, he's a cool character. He is. He is my favorite character. He That's probably has the best arc. Actually, movie. my favorite character is the horse that gets slapped by Vicini. Buttercup's horse. Yeah. That she's riding in the Florin horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best character. So then, they... Actually, I do like the hag. The... Very good story arc. Oh, what's her you name know? in the credit? It's the... I can't remember. It's like, it's the decrepit booer or something yeah. like that. It's some... Very, very good, very good character arc. She goes from booing the queen of Florin to being hated by everyone in Florin because she's being the queen to of Florin. not a, existing because it was it's a, a beautiful arc. It's a straight line. And then her existence ends because it was all a dream. It's a very small straight line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, she didn't change. Best character. Static. She's a static character. So. Fuzzy? No, remember, it's like... I... I static and... It's a joke. It's static. It's like anyway. the fuzzy. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Um, okay, so now we're going to talk about the, like, overall plot line, because I wanted to talk about, um, you know, Vicini hires Fezzik and Inigo to start a war, and they, they plan on starting that by kidnapping Buttercup, and, um, the fiancé of the Prince of Florin. Right. And they're going to start this war with Gilder, which is the um, country across the sea. Country across the Florin Channel. By leaving her dead body on the sworn enemy of Florin. By leaving her body dead her dead body on the fr- uh, Gilder Gilder frontier. frontier. Yeah. And so then this guy, a uh, man in black black mask, can't see who he is. So they get so they get on a boat them, and they start heading towards Gilder. And this boat starts following them. And it's the man in black is in the boat. And so Vicini 
and his company reaches the cliffs of insanity, which are these super high cliffs. And you have to be insane to climb them. Mm-hmm. And then Fezzik uh, climbs them. And With a rope, but still. Yeah, but brings everyone up. Carrying up, carrying the other three. Carrying Buttercup and, and then Vecini. The man in black uses that rope to climb up. And then when they get to the top, Vecini cuts the rope. And then the man in black just goes, boom. Like Spider-Man, you know, he just goes, yeah, and he just like, grabs on the wall. Yeah. Um, and then Vecini looks over, and they all look over, and they're like, he didn't fall. Inconceivable, which is... And then, and then, That's like Vecini's... And at this point, Vecini's used the word... Inconceivable. Like, in, like a Inconceivable lot of, amount of times. A lot of times. And so, so this is the point where Inigo turns to him and goes, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah. Um, um, and then... And then the man in black climbs up, continues to climb up just the rock cliffs. Um, and then when he gets to the top, him and Indigo, because uh, and take Buttercup, and they keep going. Yeah. And so Indigo and the man in black have an epic duel. And it is. You should just, if you haven't watched the movie yet, look up the Princess Bride sword fight scene. Yeah. It it's is regarded the greatest really cool. sword fight in movie history. It's because really it's cool. so realistic. And like if you thought the Last Jedi. Had good sword fighting, which it didn't. It was it was a it was a it was a decent fight scene. Anyway, it's pretty good. But this will blow your mind. It's it's really cool. Um, and the man in black wins. He bests Inigo, who's been training for twenty years. Mm-hmm. So they both kind start ironic. They both start um, left-handed, but they're actually both right-handed. And points they both switch over to their right hand. Um, and they they're both masters of. Sword fighting, and eventually the man in black overwhelms Inigo, knocks his sword away, and, and knocks him out. And knocks him out. Um, and then he continues, the man in black, and then he has to fight Fezzik, um, who, uh, instead of just beating him, senseless, you know, just. Like the scene he tells him to. The scene he tells him to. Pulverizing him. Um, pick up a rock, hide behind that boulder, as soon as his head comes into view, hit it. With the rock. Um, and then Fezzik purposely misses. Man in Black puts down his sword. Fezzik puts down his rock. And they fight as God intended. Try and kill each other like civilized people. Yeah. Um, civilized. Very civilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the Man in Black bests him, And on, the only reason the Man in Black wins that fight is because... Fezzik had been so used to fighting half a dozen men for so for so long, and you use different moves fighting half a dozen people versus when you're fighting which he explains one person, person, which he explains as he is slowly being choked by the man in black. And then he passes out. And then the, the man in black continues. He finds Vecini and Buttercup at a table, uh, two glasses of wine. Stump with a tablecloth over it. And this is another one of those scenes... Just look up what Battle of Battle Wits, the Princess Bride. Princess Bride Battle of the Wits on YouTube and just watch it and come back. Basically, um, what happens is Vecini. No, no, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. Just look it up and watch it. Basically, what happens. Okay, you're back. Um, and then, uh, obviously, the Man of Black. Best to the team, but Vecini. Basically, what happens is no, Vecini no, says that he's no, super freaking no, smart. No, 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 and that he can't no, compete with the no, man in black physically. 
Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. No, spoilers. They've watched it. They, no, can't, if they didn't can't watch it, it's...
Welcome to the message section, where this week, uh, there are no messages. There are no messages. So, uh, it's like reverse Elmo has mail. Yeah. Keep on, Joe. Uh, thank you once again for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, considering following us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher coming soon, if possible. Yeah, Not stay tuned on that. It's also on Breaker, Pocket Casts, and a few other more obscure, obscure podcast services. Um, follow us on any of those if you use them, but yeah. Uh, if you have questions or suggestions, feel free to shoot us an email anytime at nerdcavemedia at gmail.com or... You can send in voice messages at anchor.fm slash nerd hyphen cave. Both of uh, those links will be in the description. Uh, if you, The only real perk to sending in a voice message is, is we that on we the can put it in the episode. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I mean, I want to be on my favorite podcast, right? Because you know, it's totally their favorite podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, what I'm saying. Uh, I think that... That about wraps up our episode. Can't quite tell you what the next episode is. We can tell you that we are going to. Yeah, we have the next no couple ideas. weeks. Going to be doing an episode on ne- uh, a Netflix movie called Spectral. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Not quite sure when that's going to come out, but it'll be uh, in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. We're also going to have another video game uh, analysis review, whatever, in the next couple weeks. And then probably expect a book review mm-hmm. in the next couple. Maybe The Inquisitor's Tale? Yeah, we're not, not sure. sure. Uh, but with that said, I think that I think about that... wraps up today's episode. So, yeah. Have further ado. This has been Nerd Cave. Good night. <laughs>